Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And disappointing. That's how we're starting this podcast. Hello and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I am your host, Sean Green. I think it's it's safe to say that UCF fans are just pissed off. Uh, I think that's a very uh, reasonable way to feel. Uh, your UCF Knights just lost to Navy 17 to 14 in a game that looked like Louisville 2.0, but instead took place in at the end of the year. When you should win easily, you're riding a high, you've beat two top 25 teams, and turns out the same thing happened that happened last year. Uh, This time, you played two quarterbacks, uh, nothing was happening on offense, couldn't get anything going offensively, defense looked atrocious in the first half, they came together in the second half and really gave the offense opportunities, but the Knights could never pull it together. Before we talk to Rob and Nick, a word from Bet Online, guys. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And again, if you would have taken our picks, we said to take Navy at plus 16.5. We didn't think it was going to be a blowout. We just assumed that UCF would take care of business. And as we know now, I guess we should have said to take Navy Moneyline because they just have the Knights number the last two years. Um, Let's hear from my co-hosts today. Um, Mr. Rob Husby, this is a rant episode, Rob. So I know we're not doing good, so I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing. Uh, Just on a scale of 1 to 10, the frustration level uh, for you, give give me a number. And uh, what was the biggest problem of this this football game at 11 a.m.? Yeah, well, I'm depressed, Sean. Thanks. Uh, I know you said you didn't ask, but uh, listen, this is when we were previewing this game. What did we say? We said the ball is in UCF's court. This is exactly what they need to do. This is they need to go in. They're at home. It's an 11 a.m. start. It sucks, whatever. But they're playing on the same time. I mean, you're at home, a pretty full bounce house for an 11 a.m. start, might I add. Uh, So the crowd's on your side um, coming off a huge top 25 win over Tulane. The ball is in your court. You're looking like you have your destiny set out in front of you. All you have to do is win out. And what did we say? We said, yeah, Navy can be a little bit tough. The triple option's tough to to stop. And boy, was it for UCF a lot of the time, um, at least on the big plays. But I, I thought UCF's defense, we handled ourselves pretty well. Offensively, it's what we've come to expect this year. Inconsistent every single week. You do not know what UCF football team you're getting week in and week out. You go out and you beat Tulane in Tulane, in New Orleans, right? You go out and beat them last week. This week, you play a 3-7 and seven Navy who 
you know, yes, they've we were talking about how much they've given problems to some of the teams, um, you know, around the American this season. But at the same time, they're three and seven. Th- this is inexcusable. I mean, you can't go out and look as bad as UCF did offensively when you have the talent on this team. We were talking before the show, I pulled a stat. UCF and Navy have played four times in their history, and it's been in recent history. Each of the three times before this, even in the first loss last year, we've put up over 30 points. This game, big old stinkeroo. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this team anymore. We they, This is a team, it's a, it's a conundrum with this team. They beat the good teams, they beat the ranked teams, but boy, oh boy, do they struggle against the teams they're supposed to beat. ECU, Louisville, now Navy. I, I don't know where to go. Now you hope, now you're battling not for home field advantage for an AAC championship game. Now you're battling just to get into the AAC championship. So I don't know. It's it's going to be very interesting going into this last week of the season. But right now, I think emotions are high. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're rightful to rant on this team. <laughs> yeah, folks, I said it's a rant episode. I mean, there's going to be a lot of ranting, not a whole lot of... Uh, uh. I'm out of breath after that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of ranting. Um, (laughs) Nick, this is why we have Nick on, because Nick kind of just calms us down a little bit and kind of just talks very calmly. But um, Nick, again, I think frustration level, I'm sure for you, is exactly the same as us. But kind of just give your thoughts on the game and uh, kind of what you saw out of the uh, this Navy team coming into Orlando. Well, I mean, Rob kind of touched on it there a little bit. They had given some top teams some trouble. Uh, They played really good against Notre Dame in that second half and kind of gave them all they could handle. But with that being said, this is a loss that Gus Malzahn had a problem with at Auburn. It's part of the reason why he's not there is they would have these type of games where it seems like they're right for the taking and he would always fall or his teams would fall, whatever it is. Um, I thought he got thoroughly outcoached in this one. Uh, You ask what went wrong in this game for UCF. What what's the consistent theme when UCF wins games? They run the football, and I'm I'm looking right here in front of me. Isaiah Bowser averaged six point four a carry. R.J. Harvey averaged six point three a carry, and UCF ran it nine more to, or passed it nine more times, and they ran it twenty four rushing attempts. That's it. That's it. Was there any reason in this game to go away from the running game? I mean, somebody enlighten me. Was there a reason to go away from it? I mean, it was clear as day that we got bad JRP, and I was shocked when Gus Malzahn made the change. I thought he was going to be hard-headed and keep JRP in there, and then we get one great drive from Mikey Keene, but after that, the offensive line had no interest in blocking. Uh, The running game just, for whatever reason, went away. I saw a few drops out there, and then Mikey Keene, honestly, wasn't great either. So this is a loss 100% on the offense as far as I'm concerned when your defense is out there for 40 minutes. 40 minutes. I don't want to hear about the fact that they had chances to make a stop there at the end of the game. Sure. But they were out there for 40 minutes against a team that threw one pass in the entire game. This loss and it was is 100% on the offense. And it was incomplete. This loss is 100% on the offense. And this loss is 100% on Gus Malzahn. It's almost comical. I mean, you can't like you can't even help but just laugh because it's it's so we we've said every single week it's the roller coaster. This is this is the season of the roller coaster for UCF. It's up and down, right? Like you know, you have a good week one against again. It was a tune up game. It was your week one. You know, you didn't have anybody bat hard. You're playing. You lose to Louisville, right? Tough loss. 
can't lose to Louisville. Then you go on a three-game winning streak. You, you know, you start to find something. You know, you're you're figuring it out or a three, four-game winning streak. Then you lose to ECU. And it's, what's going on with this team? How can you not formulate any offense or stop them? Then you go on another three, four-game winning streak. You beat teams like Cincinnati, Memphis, Tulane, two teams that ranked in the top 25. And then you're telling me you have the last two weeks of your season you have everything to play for. You get to, If you win out, you host a conference title. You have a New Year's Six Bowl. If you win the conference, and the offense comes out like that, and I totally agree. I think there's there are moments of greatness with this team, and there are moments where you are completely stunned. I agree. The running game, they did go away from it. Now, I will say, in the first half, it was very clear, and we knew what Navy was going to do, right? We said it on the preview. Navy's whole entire offense is get first downs on third and fourth down, continue running the clock, use the shot clock as much as humanly possible, get it down to the last second, run a play. And if you get enough first downs and you keep running the clock, you're going on eight to 10 minute drives and you're keeping the ball out of the offense from the other team. That is literally Navy 101. That is what they want to do. First half defense can stop. And we could talk about the defense really quick because realistically, they're the reason we were in it, just like they were the reason we were in Louisville at the end, right? Ricky Barber is the MVP of the last two games, quite frankly. I mean, I'll be honest, guys. I mean, without Ricky Barber in the second half, I think it is a much worse game for the Knights. I mean, they were they were run, trying to run it up the middle every single play. I mean, luckily, they figured kind of out we have to go to the outside. We have to start, you know, in that triple option, we have to kind of hit those outside uh, cuts, but uh, Ricky Barber, Nick, I mean, he kind of, he stepped up big time and we'll talk about Jason Johnson too, but I think Ricky Barber has proven how elite of a player he is, um, especially in stopping this run pretty much all by himself. Sometimes this game. Yeah. He's one of the more unsung heroes. I think of the UCF defense. Uh, we, again, we don't talk a lot about Ricky Barber. We talk a lot about Josh Salazar. We talk a lot about the linebackers. We talk a lot about Devonte Brown and, and Newt Wilson and all those guys, Ricky Barber, but he's always been there. And today he shows up with 13 tackles. Uh, I believe he had a sack in there as well. And, and the Navy attack in general, I mean, they they rushed it at four yards a clip, which on most days you'll take. But in this one, when that's all they're doing, I mean, you, you, I mean, you do the math. Anybody can do it. Four yards a clip, that's just first down after first down after first down after first down. And it gets demoralizing. It gets demoralizing for a defense. Uh, and – I'm, it's what I'm saying again. I mean, when you're out there for 40 minutes, even though it's the same thing every single play, you just there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do, uh, and you'd like to think again. You give up 17 points. How how does this offense, given the parts at home, uh, the stadium? I didn't even expect a crowd. I did not expect the crowd to be that big today. I don't know about y'all, but I did not. I no. mean, it was all there for the taking. Uh, I, 20. You can't hit me 20 points. It's pathetic. It really is. I know we got to talk about everything, but I just, I can't get over the offense today. I really can't. No. And Rob, talk about Jason Johnson. Yeah. Cause we're not talking about the defense that much. I mean, I'm, we, it's going to be a full pot of just this offense. Cause that's again, that's the re realistically. I mean, you could take technically say the ECU loss was, you know, all phases of the football game, but your three losses are mainly because of the offensive production. I mean, that's, that is the reason this team, is eight and three, no holds barred. But 
Uh, Rob, talk about Jason Johnson. I mean, he's kind of just an uh, like I will say this: he's another guy that we don't. Nick's been preaching him every week, and thank God he does because he kind of goes. He's an unsung hero. I mean, he's not flashy. He kind of just gets the job done. And he made a couple huge tackles today, and he kind of just always is somewhat in the right position or knows 100% where the ball is going and just makes plays. Yeah, I know. I mean, you talk about another guy that just, like you said, an unsung hero who doesn't get the credit that he deserves when he's such a massive part of this defense. I think it just shows how strong and how deep, especially the front of this defense is. I mean, you know, obviously guys like, uh, like Nick mentioned, Josh Seliscar, obviously guys like Anthony Montalvo, even uh, guys like Jeremiah, Jean Baptiste, they obviously get a lot of the, um, you know, heraldry that comes with how good UCF's defense has been under Travis Williams this season. But no, I think at the same time, you have guys like Jason Johnson, you guys, you have guys like Ricky Barber who do step up when you need them. And you think you can only say really good things about the defense today. It's kind of what we've said all season. Like they bend, don't break. They don't allow a ton of points. Um, You know, yeah, they gave up a lot of plays and the first drive of the game for the first offensive drive of the game for Navy, we let them score and it was like, uh oh, here we go again. Um, but no, they settle in. And again, like Nick said, when you're on the field for 40 minutes, um, whether you have guys like Johnson, whether you have guys like Ricky Barber, it doesn't matter because you're putting so much stress and so much mileage on those legs and you're tiring them out. You're tiring them out. So of course they're going to be susceptible to bigger plays. I mean, this is what Navy does. Navy chips away, chip, 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 little three yards, four yards. Then they get a first down. Oh, it's fourth and one. Oh, they're running for it. Oh, they converted. I mean, they converted on a lot of four and ones. So uh, and when you have that, you're putting so much stress on this defense and totally not their fault at all when your offense is just uh, crap. I mean, you saw in the, in the second half what happened. UCF came out, Mikey Teen touchdown. We're like, oh my God, oh my God, UCF's arrived. And then what happened after that? Turnover and then two straight three and outs. So there, there you go. I mean, there you are, there you see your offense not putting your defense in in a place to win. So, no, Jason Johnson, the rest of this um, UCF uh, defense can't say nothing about how good they were today. Um, they really they kept a Navy team that could have put up a lot more points, uh, held to only 17. And I'll say, again, it wasn't perfect. I mean, they, again, no. the first half was, they were struggling. I mean, they, they definitely struggled to stop the run. Uh, they kept the ball away. The first half was a perfect half for Navy. I mean, they they did everything they wanted to to stop UCF from they limited uh, turnovers, they limited risk. Uh, they had the one, you know, I don't even know if I think the pass was in the first half. Uh, but besides that, they kept the ball away from UCF. And it, now we're getting to the offense because, again, credit to the defense. They were elite in the second half, and they gave this offense multiple opportunities to win this game. We're going to go half by half, boys. Let's go first half. Obviously, let's talk about the start of the game. Uh, it, 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 It felt in the first half like it was the Louisville game again in the sense of couldn't really do much on offense. When you get into the red zone, they moved the ball a little bit in the first half. They'd get into the red zone, and it was almost like they forgot what to do. Credit to them the last three weeks. I mean, they've been pretty consistent when they get in the red zone. They've been putting up touchdowns for the most part. I mean, it's been an embarrassment of Richard down there with the Wildcat and, you know, all that stuff. Again, the two times in the first half they got there, it is almost like they forgot what to do. And again, you can credit Navy's defense. I mean, you can't credit to Navy as a whole. They played incredible today. They stopped whatever we tried to do, and they played exactly how you have to play this UCF team. 
But to go down and get two field goals in the first half and to just get nothing going on offense, uh, that is, if we could talk about the turnover in the second half being kind of the reason, you know, at the end of the day that UCF lost, but to get those two field goals, I think that was kind of the beginning of the end of the game. When you think about just how Navy was playing, you can't, you can't walk away with two field goals. And it was the right decision by Gus, right? I understand on some of those, it was like a third and six, then a fourth and six or something. Like I understand you have to kick the field goal, but you kind of felt like, okay, we're coming away with field goals here. I don't know how many more opportunities this offense is going to get. Now, luckily they did get more, you know, opportunities, but Nick, how big was it? I mean, in the second half or in the first half, uh, especially the offense just never got going. And it just seemed like, it almost just seems like one of those games where the offense just forgets the stuff that works well for them. And they just do stuff that has not worked all year. This year in particular, and I could say this about last year too, they don't have a proverbial switch that they can turn on this offense. We've seen other UCF offenses that have been able to do it. This one, if they come out sluggish, they're going to be sluggish for the entire game. That's just the way it is. They, For whatever reason, and every single loss that they've had, the Louisville loss, uh, the East Carolina loss, this loss, they're all consistent. They come out sluggish. They look like they have no juice, right? Uh, the play calling looks like it lacks creativity. It's so consistent in these losses. And so, yeah, I'm with you. When they, The second field goal was the one to me. The first one, it's like, okay, whatever. We've seen this before a little bit. The second one, when it was just, again, very vanilla down there and they just couldn't block and, you know, you know, John Rice did throw him and give him credit. He, he he had pressure in his face when he turned to his right, and I thought he made it. He hit a, he hit Harvey right in the numbers. I mean, you got to catch the football. You got to catch the football. I mean, who, I think it was Harvey, right? I mean, he would have been yeah maybe walking in for six. So it's those things that they just didn't do today, and, and it's consistent across the board. I mean, you you can't ask me to name. I can't give you an MVP on the offense because I thought every single buddy that played today on that offense, they all had their moments that I went, "What the hell are you doing?" Uh, and, and yeah, when you get into the red zone and you don't score, you more often than not, you're going to lose football games. It, it's consistent every single loss they've had. Yeah. And I think that's just the frustrating part. Cause yeah, like I don't, that was a great p- pass by JRP. The, the previous possession, he made a bad pass and I think he fixed it. He corrected it in his mind when that same situation happened, they saw something they liked. It was wide open. RJ missed the cat. He, he dropped it. I mean, it, it that that is maybe the that's point. maybe that's part of the reason why RJ didn't get much in there because I mean I think I think I counted two drops for RJ in the passing game yep. today and you know when you do those things and you're a young running back usually you pay for it and it come it comes down to touches so um, I think we would all agree here though that RJ Harvey needed to get more today than he did uh, mm-hmm. nine touches for your your best offensive player as far as I'm concerned I, I don't even know what to say to that really. Yeah, it's very it's it, it that's what I think is most just frustrating about the game is, you know, you just felt like and maybe not in the first half because I think UCF got dominated on both sides of the football in the first half. And that's kind of why you're looking at it and thank God, ultimately you're getting you got the ball at the start of the second half because if Navy got the ball at the start of the second half, I mean, that this game could have been over at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I mean we could go into the second half. I mean, again, there's not, it's just frustration all around. I mean, you put Mikey in, which let's talk about that really quick because Gus after the game, which I, I want to know if you guys believe him because 
And I, I believe him to a degree, but I also think there's a little, you know, there's some truth behind the reasoning he uh, switched quarterbacks. But Gus said that basically in the Tulane game, JRP hurt his shoulder pretty bad, and they kind of saw that they were going to have to throw the ball against Navy, even though they didn't really throw the, I mean, they did throw the ball in the first half, but they were, it's not like they were taking deep shots or anything. They were g- doing dump passes, uh, which is what Navy was giving them. Uh, he said that his sh- shoulder was hurting, and after the Hail Mary at the end of the second quarter, he knew that that shoulder was not going to hold up and said, we're going to have to throw the ball to win the game and put my key in there. I think there is that's a, a 50%. I don't think it was just the shoulder. I think that maybe had an effect, but I think it's something that we've all saw, and you knew against Navy you're going to have to throw the football. Maybe, like you said, Nick, we could have run it a little bit more, but they did have the sixth rushing defense in the nation. So I think maybe that got to Gus's head a little bit too. Like, but, we, but we can't you're run the averaging, football. But you're averaging six and a half a clip with both running I backs. I, I just, to me, throw the stats out the window. You have to have some sort of game flow there, in, in my opinion. Uh, but I think, I mean, I, you, don't you, you think that, do you think that kind of maybe played in like Gus is maybe thinking too much? Like, oh, they're really good at rushing defense. We're going to need to throw the football, which they were down 14 to six. And he probably, he clearly saw something because you come out, out of the half and do great. But maybe, do you think it got to Gus a little bit? Like, we're not going to be able to run the football to win this game. Yeah, I do think he overthinks. I think he does his, he's had moments this year where he's overthought it. And he's gone away from what works. Uh, and it's the same thing when sometimes when they're passing really well, then he starts to get a bit get a bit more run heavy than I'd like. It kind of he's he's been unable to kind of find that balance that you're truly looking for. Of hey, I should run it more here, or hey, I should pass it more here. I just again, you're averaging six and a half a clip with both running backs. Just keep going, keep going. I mean, I thought in Navy they only scored 17 points running the football the entire game. I think if UCF would have kept on running a little bit more, you probably would have you probably would have beat them in this game. And and to your point, also real quick before we hear from Rob uh, about John Rise, I do think there might have been an effect there on the the shoulder thing because and the play didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But on the hell Mary, threw it like what forty yards. It was comically yeah. short. <laughs> it so, was pretty bad. Uh, yeah. And that was the only throw that he actually. It was the only one. It was the only time he threw downfield. I think. If I'm not mistaken, in the first half, so it was. Uh, I, I probably do tend to believe Gus on that one. But okay, here's where I'm—I don't know. Maybe I'm just being stupid, and we lost the game, so I'm being a little petty. Not saying. Listen, JRP won you the game last week, but if his shoulder was as bad as you're saying, like if you're saying it's pretty bad, why the hell was he out there in the first place? Like if it was this bad, and you knew you were going to have to throw the football to win, you knew going in. The Navy's defense, uh, rushing defense was good. You knew this. If you're telling me, oh, well, we knew we were going to have to throw the ball to win, so we kind of, his shoulder, then you should have started Mikey Keene at the start. You should have started him at the jump. You should, because at halftime, yeah, in the grand scheme, again, I know I've said that a bunch. In the grand scheme of things, it didn't matter because, you know, they came, we were tied after he came in. But, why not start him right off the bat? That's kind of the problem. It's like, what you're Nick said it. You know, you could stick with what you're doing, but then you didn't. You you got off the running game fairly quickly, Rob. He got off the running game fairly quickly in the game. They were throwing it everywhere. They they weren't saying his his shoulder was hurt because if my if I knew my quarterback's shoulder was injured, 
like bad. Like that's what Gus said. It's, it, his shoulder was banged up pretty bad. They he threw it eighteen times. I mean, he threw it seventeen times in the first half. So tr- I don't know. I know you probably can't make me understand, but I know he's been your quarterback. But why not? Ju- if you knew this going in, then why not just start Mikey outright for this game and say we knew we were gonna have to throw it more. John Rice isn't uh, so- shoulders banged up. We just started Mikey. Yeah, I mean, I think you could. I think you could look at it at both ways. Where you look at it and you say it's a kind of a way for Gus to cover it up and not try to start a quarterback controversy and be like, yeah, I benched my quarterback in the second half, you know, Um, because nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear halfway, not even halfway, more than halfway through the season and towards the end of the season when these games, especially against these teams that don't have the best records, when they matter most, I mean, nobody wants to hear, yeah, we don't know who our quarterback is because right now it seems like our quarterback is dependent on the situation. Um, You know, we we said he was going to ride JRP, but – you know, when JRP is clearly not working, a switch has to be made. And like Nick said, credit to Gus for doing that. But I don't know. I, I don't know how true it is that JRP's shoulder was bothering him. It certainly could be, you know, could have been bothering him a little bit. But if JRP has a good first half, you're seeing him in the second half, regardless of if his shoulder was healthy or not. You know, that's that's what the bottom line comes down to is if he has a big first half and, you know, UCF is either tied or up big on Navy, he's not getting pulled for Mikey Keene in the second half. You know, obviously, maybe, you know, Gus's come to Jesus moment was that Hail Mary throw. But no, I mean, that's not that wasn't the only telltale sign that, hey, maybe JRP doesn't have it in him today. I mean, he looked like crap in the first half, um, you know, but no. I, and and Mikey wasn't much better. And I, I honestly thought that they'd go back to JRP at some point in the second half so that it could explain why they rode with Mikey Keene, even when it was very clear multiple times in the second half, aside from that touchdown on the opening drive that Mikey just didn't have it today. I mean, there was a lot of miscommunication between him and Javon Baker. Missed him up high, missed him on an in route he threw out. I mean, so many different uh, scenarios you can see where Mikey was, you know, throwing downfield or throwing uh, under pressure and he just wasn't connecting a lot of the time. So it, it really was a tale of just both quarterbacks not playing very well, but I think Gus is kind of using it a little bit as a as a safety cushion to say, yeah, his shoulder was bothering him a little bit since last week. Uh, so this was our way to pull him back a little bit and say, hey, you're having a bad game. Let's see what Mikey's got for us. Not the place you want to be uh, going into the last week of the season. I mean, nobody in college football is switching quarterbacks at halftime. And guess what? JRP is going to start next week. I mean, he's going to be your starter next week. You're going to forget like nothing just happened. Like that you didn't just bench him at halftime. So, I mean, again, Gus said quarterbacks don't lose their position because of injury. They lose it because of performance. He's basically saying, oh, it was because of his injury. Just couldn't have it. Shoulder today. Whatever. And yeah, you said it. Mikey Keene wasn't much better. I mean, credit. Came back. Come out of that second half. Blazing. Blazing. You guys know what I'm saying, Nick? Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, he wasn't great, but I think he was sacked four times single-handedly by John Marshall, who apparently we, uh, you know, I, nobody was interested in blocking on a lot of these no. sacks. It's like it's it's not like John Marshall was working his ass off to get these sacks. I mean, how many times was he just trying to chill in there on the line of scrimmage and there was just nobody there? Uh, again, what 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 poor? It's poor uh, play planning in my in my opinion. I mean, you just have running backs running out wide and just. Uh, you're just leaving a guy on the defensive line by himself. 
I mean, yeah, he didn't play well, but I don't think I just don't think either quarterback was set up to play well in this game. Uh, if if JRP really had a sore shoulder, then why is he throwing so much in the first half? Why are you not running more? In my opinion, so to me, he's yeah. set up to fail right there. And then Mikey yeah. Keene set up to fail because he comes in in the second half, and he, we know that we he wants to throw like the entire second half for the most part for an offensive line that just didn't have it today. So I, I again, were, I put this loss on. Cheese. Yeah, I put a lot of this loss on on Gus Malzahn. I thought it was poor execution, poor poor planning on his part, and going back and forth. New York six teams don't go back and forth on quarterbacks like this. Either you got one or you got none, as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I just don't subscribe that we have two quarterback ones like everybody wants to say. No, you commit to one. You commit to one. And, yes, it is a quarterback controversy. He can say all he wants. It's not a quarterback con- Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You, you've switched quarterbacks two or three times this year already. It's a quarterback controversy. Because guess, guess what? If you go to USF next week and you're down 10 at the half, what, like you just opened Pandora's box. You just said, if we're not playing good, I can change, I'm going to change the quarterback because we, we need a spark. That's what you just said. Because, listen, Tulane, I mean, you were killing them in the first half. Right, so there's no reason to make a quarterback change. You were going with John Rice, whatever. And I 100% agree with you. If his shoulder was that bad, and that's what I just said, if his shoulder was that bad, you didn't show it because you threw. He threw it's the most he's probably ever thrown in the first half. I mean, 17 throws. Didn't I, I forgot how many runs, but they were throwing it. They threw it a, a crap ton in the first half. And then you say, oh, his shoulder's bad because of the hail mary. I get it. That hail mary throw was god awful. That was bad, and you well, clearly see like too. he. Hold up. And the more I think about it, too, by the way, if his shoulder was hurting him, you trusted him to come back in and do a two-point conversion throw, which was not exactly the easiest throw, and it's a throw I've seen him miss in the first half. So if his shoulder is hurting so bad, then how was he able to come in and how'd you trust him to come in and get the two-point conversion where he made a damn good throw? That's like, that's what we call a, we're going to coddle. We're going to coddle him and say, hey, it's okay. Your shoulder's hurt. Like it's just, it's not, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We're going with Mikey. We're going to nurse your shoulder. Then he's going to come in next week and say, nope, JRP's a quarterback man. Like we're going to go JRP. You know, he just, his, his shoulder hurt and you know, we're going to, uh, we're, we're going to get ready for our rival and we're going to, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be good for, for USF. And then, you know, hopefully if we win that focus on like, that's what he's going to say because he's, he's coddling the quarterbacks because he knows at the end of the day, he understands what each quarterback does. When Mikey came in into the game, blocking was horrific. And yeah, like I will say, and you you could put a lot of the blame on the offensive line today, but you do have to give some of the blame to Mikey. Though some of those throws were not good. They were not like and you could say it was, you know, Javon Baker and him clearly were having miscommunication today on a lot of those throws. Like, you know, sometimes Keen thought he was going out and, you know, Javon goes in. It was a crapshoot. Here's a question. We'll, we'll keep talking about quarterbacks, but I have a question because the last couple of weeks, this has been a, a thing I keep asking, and I it, it keeps happening. If I'm a defense, name me a, the wide receiver that basically gets the ball thrown to him every single time you throw. Who's the wide receiver that gets the ball every single throw pretty much? On UCF? Yeah, if, I, if we're on offense, who's getting the ball probably... 75% of the time before throwing. Javon Baker. Okay. Yeah, it's usually Baker. Usually Baker, right? 
Yeah. That's a problem. That is a that is a problem within the offense. Mikey Keene probably threw it to, to Baker today 10 times. He had 15 throws. Probably 10 of them were to Baker. If I'm a defense, I know you're throwing the ball. They started doubling him. They literally started doubling Baker because they're like, okay, clearly they have a connection. We're going to double Baker right now. And he still tried to throw him the ball. So it's like, where's Kobe Hudson? Where's Ryan O'Keefe? The only Kobe Hudson catch was literally on that one sideline where Mikey Keene had to get out of the pocket. Great throw. Like, I mean, I didn't think it was complete, but that's it. So I don't know. I think the frustration is we're a hard nose running the football team. When we go away from that, now it just looks like it's the Javon Baker show with whoever's in, JRP or Mikey. It's like the other receivers are just like nowhere. And I we can't see where they are. So I don't know if they're like, clearly, I guess they're not open. But that's a problem. If you are only having one guy that is reliable, that's a problem. Well, I'll take it even further. I, I think the, I think RJ Harvey to me is the, is the linchpin in the offense. And then obviously Javon and Ryan. But you know who I think that fourth guy is? If you were asked me, gun to my head, who I think the fourth most reliable guy in offense is in some shape, I think it's Johnny Richardson. And Johnny Richardson's been completely just taken out of the offense. He didn't, he hardly played today. I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing here. You know, I'm, I'm maybe I'm nitpick. I don't even think I'm nitpicking. You scored 14 points against Navy. But, you know, I'm just <laughs> saying it's like if, if only two guys are getting open, I mean, at some point you got all this speed there. I mean, he's obviously very explosive. I don't know. Scheme something up for the guy. I, I mean, I don't know. Just do something different. But I agree with you. Just constantly just saying we're going to throw to the boundary to Javon Baker and we're going to expect him to be open or we're going to expect these quarterbacks to make a play especially when in this game they're really having to make it with their legs because the protection wasn't holding up. It's just asinine to me. They just kept doing the same thing over and over. I don't, I just, I think it's a valid thing. I mean, try to scheme something up for somebody else that has some speed a little bit to make a big play. They just didn't have any of those today. And the whole, the whole reason that the UCF offense for some teams can be a headache is again, we talked about it um, against Tulane, right? when your eyes are having to go between five guys, like you don't know who's going to get the ball, it becomes a problem for defenses. And I get it. When Mikey's in there, it's a little bit different, right? You're not having to really necessarily worry about Mikey taking off for a 20-yard run. I understand that. But when it comes to passing the ball, UCF has never had a problem where that, like, even when Ryan O'Keefe is your number one guy, everybody knows Ryan O'Keefe wants to get the ball. But last year, you had Brandon Johnson. Like, that was your guy that he could also get the ball half the time. You could get Johnny Richardson out going crazy. Then you have Bowser up the middle. Like, it feels like, and I and listen, again, I want to preface this by saying we under, we take the wins that we just had three weeks ago, and we understand this team is good, but they're not great. They are a good, this is a good UCF team. This is a pretty good UCF team, Right? They're just not a great team. And guess what? That's okay. We've understood that now. After this Navy loss, we understand that. You should easily beat Navy and you should easily beat USF. You didn't beat Navy. You are a good team. You're just not great. And that's okay. But sometimes, and this is why we're frustrated, we assume that this team is great because of the wins that they do have. But then when they have a, a crapshoot game like this, you kind of, it's its insane. I don't think of any other team in college football that is exactly like this, where you can go out and beat some of the best teams that you play and then lose to literally some of the worst teams. It, it, it is so mind-boggling, and that's what's so frustrating. 
Well, you know what? Well, though? It's, even, it's just it's a good even team. More frustrating. Go ahead, Rob. You go ahead. Oh, okay. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, like it's even more frustrating when like you look at last year, right? And you're able to put, we talked, I talked about this before. You're able to put 30 up on a team in a freshman quarterback's first game on the road against a Navy team. That's not that wasn't that good last year. And it's not good this year. And then you have a way better offense this year. You got way more talent on the offense. You have, uh, you know, Mikey at this point is, you know, in his second year, JRP is an experienced quarterback uh, for better or for worse. And it's a way better defense and you're, and you're struggling to score and you're str- You keep Navy under 20, but you can't even put up more than two touchdowns. You don't even put up two touchdowns, you know? So it's, it, that's, what's even more frustrating is you look at the talent on this team and you t- have to look at last year too, when you have way better talent this year. And the fact that you can't even put up close to the same number that you did last year that that's what's even more concerning. Go ahead, Nick. What were you gonna? What were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say if we're gonna accept that this is just a good UCF team, which I agree with you. Well, then again, I'm gonna have a message to a portion of this fan base: put a sock in your mouth. Put put a sock in your mouth. I'm I'm tired of hearing everybody talking about. And we I think we had this discussion after the East Carolina loss about expectations and you know getting ahead of ourselves and things like that. And every and when the rankings came out this week, everybody wanted to have a, a bitch fest about, oh my goodness, we're behind Florida State, we're behind Notre Dame. How could you? You know, I just I'm tired of hearing all this stuff because this team in the big moments last year and this year, they let you down. They let you down. They do it. You beat Tulane, that's great. But if you can't beat three and seven Navy, a team that lost to Delaware this year. I didn't even know Delaware had a football program, if I'm being honest with you. You lost to Delaware. <laughs> Came into your house and beat you, throwing one pass. Come on now. I don't, that's one thing I'm going to say right now to the fan base, and you guys know I keep it real in regards to that kind of stuff. I don't want to hear it this week. I don't want to hear it this week. I really don't. Put a sock in your mouth about the rankings. UCF will probably fall out of the rankings this week, and I don't want to hear a peep out of it. I don't. No, I agree. And listen, I'm one. I it, this is the second time in our this is our 22nd episode. I had two rants about college football playoff and our ranking. Every single time, the game as soon as I have that rant, the game after we lose. I did it for ECU. I did it the game before, and now I did it before Navy. I'm I've learned my lesson. I'm done. I'm not. I don't care. I'm I'm done. Yeah. I, I listen. For UCF fans that are, I think mo- I think for the most part, our fans should be level-headed at this point. I mean, you have three losses. You just lost to Navy uh, before the last week of the season. You were going to host an American championship at the bounce house, and now that's gone. Uh, no more Cotton Bowl. So if I, and I'll say this, anybody tweeting about New Year's Six, just don't. Before you tweet, think. Have a 10-second thought with yourself. Like, should I tweet out this tweet? If if for some reason, if for some crazy reason, UCF got to the Cotton Bowl and it was announced, go ahead and tweet. But as of right now, main focus should be not even American Championship. It'd be beat USF. Like, they have nothing to lose. They have won one football game. Seems like they've found a quarterback. And... and we just lost the Navy. 
So they're like, oh, we can beat them. I mean, we can go out and beat UCF. So we just went from we could host to let's just focus on this game. We don't like, because at this point, and this is the thing, I don't even want to talk about it. I literally don't even want to talk about, we're not getting into ways to get in or where we'd have to go. I'm not talking about that today because I can't, for my blood pressure, I can't talk about that. Um, but yeah, the team is good. They're not great. Uh, a lot needs to be fixed. I think, especially going into the Big Twelve. I think if you want to be a, if you want to be the future of college football, and you want to be where TCU is, or be one of those top teams in the Big Twelve, you can't have games like this. And that's just a fact. You can't. If Alabama today lost to Austin, Austin PA. Right, everybody would be talking about it. How did how did Alabama lose to this team? Right? How did Alabama do this? When you become the the line, right? When you become the top of your field, losses like this can't happen. Georgia loses this week. Everybody's talking about how Georgia lost. UCF is just not at the point now. They had two good seasons where they went undefeated. I think, again, we've always said UCF fans just assume undefeated seasons are the norm. You're realizing that is not the case now. There's a lot of work to be done. This put this team back. I mean, when you your whole mindset changes after today. So, I don't know. It's disappointing. It's frustrating. It's upsetting. Um, and, yeah. If anybody disagrees with us about this being a good team, not a great team, we'd love to hear from you in the comments section down below and tell me why this is a great team. And if your only your only argument is they've beat two top 25 teams, then that is not a good enough argument. Because uh, then show me their losses. Next year in the Big 12, if you have losses to Baylor, Texas Tech, and whatever, then okay. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree with you. I could say that it's still a really good team. They've had bad loss against some decent teams, but this one, this one changes mindsets. There's no, there's no two words about it. All right. Um, final thoughts, Robin Nick. I'm, I'm about done, uh, with this. Um, obviously next week preview, um, we'll go into it, but, uh, Mr. Rob Husby, give your final thoughts on this game, uh, that we will forget hopefully very quickly for our sanity yeah no kidding uh it's time to move on from this one uh you know the season is not over there's still plenty to fight for there's still chances again we're not getting into specifics but there's still a chance for this season to be a successful one it's not not time to give up hope but it is a time to vent frustration and i think ucf has to look at themselves in the mirror and they have to take a long hard breath and say we got to take usf seriously this is a road game Let's not, you know, count our chickens before they hatch because clearly we struggle against, you know, not so great teams this season. Um, so it's it's important to finish strong, especially in a rivalry game. Um, and there's still there's still stuff to fight for. Uh, the last three weeks were three steps forward. And now this week is a significant step back. But it's not putting them so far back that they can't achieve, um, you know, a big goal. So I just hope this team gets it together and finishes the season strong, and we go from there. Take it one week at a time at this point. Yep, and they were definitely looking forward. If anybody wants to say they weren't, they definitely looked way too far ahead. The The players were not right for this one. Uh, Nick, final thoughts? Yeah, it's to me, summed up, it's one of the most inexcusable losses. I think that 
UCF has honestly had, I'd say in the history of the program, given the expectation and what was at stake here uh, in this game, I don't think that's out of bounds to say that. Um, and I don't, and that's just how I feel. So, uh, but I will say going into this game against USF, which I think is going to be a lot more difficult now than it would have been if you get a win. I mean, UCF has reacted really well uh, to losses this year. If you recall, after the Louisville game, they ripped off four games in a row where they absolutely dominated the competition. And then after the East Carolina game, they go and have their uh, their most crucial stretch of the season: Cincinnati, Memphis, and Tulane, and win all three games. So. Uh, they have responded to adversity pretty well this year, and you're going to have to do it because, like you said, and we'll get a lot more into it on uh, when we record on Tuesday, but uh, USF definitely has a different dynamic to them here late in the year, and you're going to have to be ready to deal with it. Yeah, I was so excited, and I thought it was going to be a party week. I literally said on last episode, it's, it's going to be a party week. We don't even need it, but can't have that. This is why you can't have nice things, folks. Um, well, me and Nick will be at the USF game, so we'll talk about that on the next episode, but we will be attending Tampa and I hope it, I hope it feels like the bounce house because I would hate for the seniors to go off, uh, in their last game at the bounce house with that. So let's make Raymond James kind of like the bounce house, but we will get into all of that on Thursday. Next Thursday, we'll talk USF. All right, guys, I know it's painful. It sucks. We didn't want to come on the podcast like we said uh, for the ECU pod. We don't want to talk about this. We'd rather just, you know, chill and keep to ourselves. But you got to do what you got to do. And again, Rob said it because he's always, you know, bright spot husby over here. There's still a lot to play for. There's still a lot to play for. You could still win your conference title. Just going to be a little bit tougher. I mean, you have to go to USF and win. And then you're going to go on the road in the conference title game. Uh, and we'll talk about all of that after USF uh, or before USF. I don't know, but it's going to be tough. You're either going to Cincy or Tulane, uh, which if I had to guess, I'd, I'd rather go to Tulane now. Uh, but all right, we're not talking about it. I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself. All right. <laughs> Bad loss. Uh, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you on Thursday. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.